Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family, we chose this one. It's episode 178, Hobbs and Shaw, Lap 8. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Too, and this episode is brought to you by Wayfair. Do you have a champagne problem? Come check out Wayfair's lovely inventory of champagne buckets to keep your champagne the coolest. Shout out to Wayfair. Well, shout out to Wayfair, and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. After the break, we've got Heather Antos joining us for the final for now, Fast and Furious movie. We've got F9 coming in two months from today-ish. Yeah. Ish. Yeah. She'll be back at some point later in the year to talk about that. But Joe, first, extracurricular activities. What have you been up to since we last spoke? Well, the Oscars was this weekend. Sure. So Rachel mm-hmm. and I watched that. We finished up all the Best Picture noms before the Oscars. And like I said, um, we saved Sound of Metal and we really enjoyed it as we expected to. Um, it was a great movie. Good call. We're not huge fans of Nomadland. So that winning, she was kind of upset about that. Oh, I thought by far Nomadland was the best movie from last year. I thought I was very happy that won. Really? Mm-hmm. What about, it was so good. What I think I it's miss? amazing. It's well acted. I think it's beautiful to look at. I think it's beautifully shot. That's I fair. Think I think it's paced beautiful. very well. I think it humanizes and captures a human element that the other movies didn't necessarily achieve to that extent. I still haven't seen The Father. Now, best actor winner, Anthony Hopkins, with an anticlimactic ending to the show. Yeah. Uh, I got to watch that at some point. But yeah, I think Nomadland was just, I think what Chloe Zhao does, like she made this movie called The Rider that came out like four years ago, which is devastating and was great. And I think Nomadland, I just, something about her storytelling, I just think is absolutely incredible. And I think Francis McDormand was great in it. So okay. we had sort of a split opinion on that in, you know, in our tub talk thread. Some of the guys didn't like it. Some liked it less than me i was by far the most enthused about it but yeah i think that was like hands down i think you know i, I maybe enjoyed other movies like you know promising a woman that was my favorite of the movies but i yeah. think nomadland yeah. was by far the best movie we've talked about this before i'm not a big slice of life movie guy to begin with so that's not yeah but you like american honey and that's what that is i know yeah yeah, yeah. there's like some that really hit for me and then other like generally speaking i'm not a big fan of them i think francis mcdormand was good you're right it is beautiful it was shot well the pacing part, good call, that's fair. Because of things like what The Sound of Metal did to the sound in film was so interesting and new to me that I was like, this is a really cool way to you know, make a movie. So that's like very cool and interesting. I get that that's probably not going to win Best Picture just like, you know, by the, just how this stuff works. And also I think in a similar sense, The Father does a really good job of making a movie is conveying what it feels like for someone to have dementia. And that's very interesting and new to me. And I was like, oh, these are two cool new things in cinema. Whereas I felt Nomadland was just like, you know, just another slice of life movie. So that's fair though. I get the points. Besides that, we watched Mortal Kombat this weekend, which was just a ton of fun. Did you notice the major fast action? No. What was the major fast action? Sub-Zero is played by Joe Taslam, a.k.a. Too Slow. Oh no, I didn't. I didn't catch that at all. That's really cool. Well, he had like the mask on the most of the time, right? So Yeah, but not in the beginning. Damn. No, I totally missed that. That's really cool, though. Okay, cool. Super fast action. So Mortal Kombat was fun. Last night was Temptation Island finale, mm-hmm. and that was just pure chaos. Like a bunch of shit went a bunch of different ways that I was 
excited and not excited about like this couple that like essentially was just like demolished on the island decided they wanted to leave together and are like still together it's weird like they had this like weird fight at the finale that she's like he's like you cheated on me and she's like and you like is love enough for us I'm like, okay, cool, they're, like, breaking up, this is good, probably healthy for both of them, and they're like, uh, cool, so we should leave together, and they're like, yep, that's just how it ended, I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Interesting. Yeah, very, very bad, and, like, they, they had, like, this after thing, and they're like, look, like, all couples are, you know, have problems like this, and I look at Rachel, I'm like, no, no, they don't, like, why are they trying to convey that this is normal, this is not normal, like, they're in a very unhealthy relationship that they're trying to pass as, like, normal struggles between couples. Like, no, it's not. I mean, you're watching a dating reality show. Like, yeah. I don't think that reality is necessarily <laughs> inherent. Like, there is an irony in the title. <laughs> there is some irony in the title, for sure. But that was fun. I'm glad that that was, that's always, Mike, my, my favorite reality TV show. So that was a blast. And then um, the only thing is we're getting ready for the draft tomorrow. NFL draft, if people don't know. Yeah, the NFL draft. And I was, like, laughing with Wells because Wells is a 49ers fan my friend Zach is a 49ers fan so I've been like laughing at them for the past couple days because apparently the 49ers are going to take like like one quarterback that everybody's not very excited about they are the only team excited about this person the reality is setting in so like I have both Wells and Zach freaking out right now like Zach's like having like a like a real crisis about it well I mean when the Bills drafted Josh Allen three years ago or whatever my friend was like despondent he's like please I any quarterback, just take any quarterback but Josh Allen. And now, you know, Josh Allen's like a top 10-ish awesome. quarterback, right? So <laughs> yeah, nobody knows. The draft is a fucking crapshoot anyway. Yes, you're absolutely right. Like, there could be a guy in the sixth round that's like the best guy. It doesn't fucking matter, right? They're really worked up about it. So I've just been like chuckling at that. And I'm going to watch the draft tomorrow. So that's my plans. Um, what have you been up to, brother? We recorded two podcasts in between last week and this week. So we tom- So yesterday... As this episode comes out on the main feed, or Monday, if you're listening early on Patreon at TooFast2Forever.com, we have the Third Time's a Charm episode with Mike Manzi, the third Lone Wolf and Cub movie. So check out Third Time's a Charm, separate audio feed for that. And then last night, you and I talked to Nico and Kevo of Husbands Talking More or Less about the new Spy Racer season, Mexico, yes, which is out now on Netflix. And the episode is out now. It's on Patreon as we record this, and it's going out on the Damn. feed on Friday the 30th. So you will have already heard it, or at least have had it in your feed by the time this episode comes out, no matter where you're listening. So did those two things. Oh, I watched Diamonds Are Forever, the final main canonical Connery Bond movie. And thank God I'm out of that because Jesus, I'm not like he's, he's so, he's so rapey. Like it's, it's (laughs) gross. Like it's, it's gross. That's totally fair. To a way, to an extent that in the last one, Lazenby was not like he sleeps with like three or four women, but they were all like their choice. Like here, Connery is just like, it's just like, it's just gross. I finished the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which I liked. I think I liked more than WandaVision, but like, you know. Why? I I think WandaVision kind of collapsed at the end. I don't think that WandaVision had enough story for eight episodes. I was more into the kind of TV shticky aesthetic. Yes, And I think by the time the end where they actually say like what the season's about and they unveiled the villain... I was like, yeah, I don't really care. Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I enjoyed. I think they're both about the same quality-wise. Like, I think they're both good. I don't want to say unremarkable, because I think they both do things well, but 
it's kind of one of those things where like I'm, when I'm not in the constant hype cycle of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I like take a step back and I'm like watching like, again, don't want to con- don't want to put things down, but like actual movie, like cinema or whatever. You know what I mean? Just be like, like I, I know that they're trying to do different things, um, but like I enjoyed it. I'm not, you know, antsy to go back and watch it again, but you know, it's good. So I would say check it out. It's only six episodes and oh, it starts with, it's got some good action in it, which is cool. And yeah, it's good stuff. We watched the first one and um, Rachel was just like, I don't care about falcon and the winter soldier like those aren't like captain america in like that timeline is not like her favorite marvel arm right so she's like well that's what heather was talking about the last time she was on about like if you care about captain america you care about it because steve rogers made you care about yes, it like, here it's yes. just like you know like sebastian stan the, the winter soldier probably had like 12 words in all the mcu up until the series like people love him because he's a handsome dude but like that's all they love him like, that's like and they love that he and steve had a thing like you know they were friends or whatever like they had like they were buddies but like they had no characterization it's just like okay so i know falcon who's kind of like a, a b b or c tier avenger yeah based on like the mcu yeah you know based on how, at least how they presented it and then you got winter soldier it's like oh okay whereas she really likes wanda she likes loki so she's like excited about the loki show you know, she's just not a big captain america fan so it was just and like, we'll shout out we'll shout out once again if you want more info on the mcu check out husband's talking more or less and now sure. the youtube series it's on the exodus for podcast youtube channel Nico and Kevin are doing episode by episode breakdowns of the Falcon and Winter Soldier. So if you want more of that, go check those out. And, and the other movie we got to watch in the last week was Mash, which I've never seen. T- I've never seen an episode of the TV show, but I finally watched the movie. Have you seen the TV show or the movie? I've seen so much of the TV show. I don't think I've seen the movie. I really enjoyed the TV show. It was a show that my dad would put on all the time mm-hmm. when I was a kid because he really liked it. And mm-hmm. even like a couple years ago, maybe even during pandemic, there's like some channel that runs it all the time and I put it on for Rachel she wasn't like you know I was trying to introduce her to some of these older shows you know she like really liked Golden Girls but like wasn't a huge fan of MASH I like MASH the TV show so you just saw just the movie not the TV show I saw the movie and the movie's good I mean it's another Alton movie which is why I watched it it's problematic like they treat women poorly Um, oh yeah for sure. It's 50 I mean, years old. Yeah. I was, bra- I knew that going in, so I was bracing for more of that, and it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. It's more anti-establishment than anti-woman, I think, but there's definitely a strong anti-woman vibes in there, too. Donald Sutherland's good, and Elliot Gould is good, but, like, the last half an hour of the movie, there's a football game. Like, they just okay. play a football game, and I'm like, uh, what? What? And, like, it's not like it's something that I miss. It's just like, no, that just, hey, let's play a football game now and see what's going on. Like, it's just, okay. Did the movie come out before the show or after the show? Yes. Movie preceded the show. Movies came out in 70. In the show, a lot of times, like, an episode is something like this, and I think that maybe, like, that just plays better for, like, a sitcom, kind of. This is, like, a, a football game that's longer than an episode of the TV show. Like, there's no reason for it to be this long. I don't understand why. It's just, like, we don't have enough movie. Let's make it a movie or something. I don't know. And the, the show was on from 72 to 83, and this was in 70. So, like, this preceded it, and I think they just, you know. But I'm just saying, like, in the episodes, they do a lot of, like, they start out something, and then they're like, we're going to have a football game. So, like, this is, like, an episode with a football game. And, and then there's, like, dead bodies arrive, right? Like, that's every episode. Gotcha. Okay. Is, is, who's in it? Is, um, Alan Arkin in it? No. I don't think anybody from the show is in it. I mean, there might okay. be, but but uh, Hawkeye is Donald Sutherland, and Elliot Gould is in it. He's great. Elliot Gould is Trapper John. Tom Skerritt is Duke Forrest. Sally Kellerman's Hot Lips. Robert Duvall is Major Frank Burns, and okay. Roger Bowen is Henry Blake. Yeah, because like I think um, the characters in the TV show, like the actors that play them, are like a big part of why the TV show did so well too. So yeah, I mean the movie's good, and yeah. it's you know it's got acclaim. It's just. 
I wasn't super into it. I also finished Party Down, which I enjoyed. The back half of season two is better than the front half, I think, because I don't remember if I mentioned on here, but like that was a show that they didn't know, sort of like we talked about a little bit with Spy Racers. Uh, they didn't know if they were going to get a season two, and so they kind of ended, like it kind of tied up a lot of loose ends at the end of season one. Okay. And so season two, they come back and they're like, I don't know what to do. And so like, it's a little ambling in the beginning, I think, but then it's funnier by the end, which I enjoyed. And then I started a new show on HBO Max, which I think is done by now, that aired, I think, last month and this month, Made for Love. Do you know about this? No, what is it? Eight-episode miniseries starring Kristen Malati, who is a female lead in Palm Springs, which came out last year with Andy Samberg. Yeah. And she's basically like, imagine she's married to Jeff Bezos, wants to escape him, but Jeff Bezos had implanted a tracker chip in her brain. Weird. Is it really sci-fi? Does it like lean into the sci-fi or is it more? I'm only one like... episode in. I don't know. It's it's okay. a little sci-fi. Like it's, you know, future techie. It's meant like it's marketed. Like they're the first couple to do it. And then it's like, it's marketed to like, what better way to be closer to your spouse than like to know everything they're thinking. And it's like, even from the like the way they, they sell in the commercial, just like, oh no, that's, that's a terrible idea. Like that's a really bad Horrifying. idea to like be yeah. in the brain of your significant other in anybody else's brain i don't want like my yeah. brain is a horrible dark place like you don't nobody should be in there ever yeah so that's that's what the show is about i don't know where it goes it's only eight episodes i think it's on hbo max so i'll report in about that I'm trying to think if there's anything else of note i don't know that there is so we will move on we have a patreon page too fast too forever.com shout out to cassie wilson jake freer ben millam and nick burris alex ellen and justin Kleiman, brian rodriguez of High School Summer Party, Haley Gerbys, Wes Hampton, Christian Larson, Jerry Robinson, Dan the Duke, Hayden, Renato DiDonato, and Jessica Collins, a.k.a. Montez. Thank you all so much for supporting us at the $5 level or above. Oh, speaking of Montez, there was one other thing. What? Uh, we announced on social. It's not on Apple yet because I'm locked out of Apple Podcasts, um, which is very annoying to me. But uh, my friend Bob and I, who I talk about on here a lot, who has gotten me back into reading, we have a new book podcast Ooh. beginning in june called how to win the lottery and it's coming every other thursday it's kind of a podcast book club that we need people's help with there's a short story by shirley jackson there she was a horror writer there was a movie that came out last year on hulu called shirley which elizabeth moss played shirley jackson there's a book a short story that she calls she wrote called the lottery and spoilers for the lottery uh, it's about this small town that, like, I guess every town in this area does this thing. Once a year, all the townsfolk go down to the town square. Every family draws a number, and one family has a number, like a, like a piece of paper with, like, a little dot on it. And so then that family comes forward in its entirety, and every member of the family then picks one, and one of those has a dot. Whoever wins the lottery is stoned to death in the middle of the town. And that's oh, the story. Oh, that's fun. Kind of like The Purge, kind of, yeah. Not really, because the purge is like anybody can do anything. Yeah, yeah, this is just true. one person gets murdered for whatever. Like they don't explain why. They don't explain how long it's been going on. They just say like other towns do it, whatever. So I'm watching The Simpsons and the episode called Dog of Death, where their dog Santa's little helper gets sick and he needs like $800 surgery. And Homer is reading like canine intestinal surgery for dummies or something like, like some book that's okay. like whatever. And Marge is like, you can't do that. And he's like, oh, I know. And he throws the book in the lot and in, in the fire. Like he's trying to learn how to do the surgery so I can save the hundred dollars, whatever. Right. And he throws the book in the fire. And also in the fire is a book called The Lottery. It's The Lottery. It's Shirley Jackson. So it's very, very funny. It, it, it cracked me up that Homer was reading The Lottery as ostensibly an instructional guide on how to actually win the lottery. If he's reading a book about surgery to learn how to do surgery, he's like, oh, I can learn about the, I can learn how to win the lottery by reading this book called The Lottery, which not it. So it's, it's a, it's a, 
Simpsons reference and a Shirley Jackson reference and also, I guess, kind of a reference about suicide or death or something. So, but it's fun. I'm looking forward to it because it's all the books that my friend Bob and I would talk about anyway, but we're just doing an interactive book club. That's cool. And Montez read the first book and emailed in, or she's going to email in her thoughts about that. But How to Win the Lottery, it's available anywhere you could podcast now, except for Apple Podcasts, because again, locked out of that because they revamped everything and they're, I don't know. I don't know what Apple's doing. I've been emailing them. They're like, yeah, we're, we're working on it. It's like, cool. No, you're not. But it's on Spotify and Stitcher and Amazon and wherever else. So cool. every other Thursday starting June 3rd, first book, Death in Her Hands by Otessa Moshveg. So check that out if you want. Patreon, twofastfoodforever.com. If you want to support this show, forget about that other show for a second. If you want to support this show, twofasttwoforever.com. Joe, pick a number between one and eight. You picked pick one, three, six, and eight, I think. Seven. Lucky number seven. Vote. Ooh, we did not. We have not done this yet. Or we have not done this in a while. Number seven is voting for all pit stop fan selected movies. So we have not done a fan selected movie. Oh, Maybe we'll right. do a, a bonus episode. Maybe we'll do some voting on what you want us to cover for the exclusive Patreon bonus episodes. We've not done a poll in a while, but that's a that's good idea. That's true. Good call. Yeah. Because the patrons know our lap theme next lap which will unveil shortly but we've not done voting in a while so if you want voting access too fast to forever.com even a dollar a month gets you in the door yep we also have an email address family at cageclub.me and we have two emails tonight plus a tweet that i want to read so i'm gonna go to find the tweet, tweet first okay so the tweet is the thing i quote tweeted but we had jake keel tweeted at us and said i want to bring your attention to something you have if you haven't noticed which i'm not sure if we have or not because this feels familiar and also brand new and i don't know if we've done this before in furious 7 fonzie from too fast is one of the drivers during the mountain chase he also dies in the scene he's credited as stunts but in headcanon i want to believe he's fonzie from too fast so i feel cool i feel like we didn't know specifically where he was in it but i think that we knew that he was a stunt driver in the other movies possible i honestly don't remember like it sounds it doesn't sound brand new to me but it also might be brand new to me i don't know yeah that i think that that's what i remember like i like i don't i don't think we ever talked about him on the mountain for sure like that doesn't sound familiar to me but i do remember him being in some of the other movies and us being like oh damn we should look for him and like never finding him and so then d our newest patron d says yep spotted him too when it came out was like wow and then jake responded saying he's the one who flies off the cliff into the tree spike like in final destination 2 seems fonzie uh, never stopped driving for criminals well you know unfortunate or he or he's just like really good at at criminal driving he died he's he not was. that good i mean no i know i'm <laughs> fair very good point i guess death is is the ultimate not like, great not success <laughs> yeah unsuccessful trip he was he had a he had a long career i mean how how long from two to nine or two to eight so like, we moved forward now two to seven so it'd be from like the accelerated time i would put it like 2005 2006 ish to 2015 so yes like a decade of at least a decade of criminality yeah a decade of criminal driving that's a solid career for criminal driving i would say maybe he went legit in the middle and he you know faced tough times and went back to it i don't know oh truly don't know i want to see the fonzie backstory i don't well i mean i would but i don't you know of all the things that we could get i'm good not getting that one it was a joke our first email from jerry robinson subject line hey google he says i tested that hey google thing and it absolutely worked tried five times and they worked so me just saying hey google bring up jason see them dancing works i guess so cool <laughs> that's thanks awesome. jerry nice and our second email today is from justin Kleiman. subject line so many great emails okay 
just listened to the Shogun episode and thought I'd take a break to write in. There were so many great emails and new listeners writing in. Special shout out to new, new patron family member D. Welcome to this great family. I was just thinking how we could use some more family members. And boom, there you are. Awesome. That is awesome. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, D. Well, I do like that everybody has found us as the family, but like get other people to give us money. Like you guys know, already, you already know what? what's going on. Convince your friends to give <laughs> what? us money. What? I'm very excited to flex my vaccine and go see the first movie, One Fast, One Furious, as in Wells Parlance, but that's what Justin writes, for free in the theater this Friday. And I also know that Cassie tweeted at us or DM'd us on Twitter saying, thanks for sharing this. I'm going to go see it as well. So I think that they are both so very cool. So Cassie and Justin. I checked and I didn't have one in my area. Did you have one? I mean, you're in New Jersey. Did you even have the option to do it? I couldn't find a theater. Like the chains were something that I don't have. Like AMC is the closest one I had. And like the ones near me didn't have it so maybe i mean there's a bunch of these around i don't know if they're all showing it or not that's the thing oh the 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 theater that i normally go to is showing it on friday the first one at least that's cool that's better than i got so i'm not gonna go to it but yeah yeah what a cool promo hopefully i can make many more gonna be hard though with more and more places and people opening up and only one theater in the twin cities showing them with limited seats yeah so, so. he has the same problem okay cool i too grew up on james bond and went through all the movies again about 10 years ago joey i think you liked timothy dalton the best Ooh, okay it was a shame they kicked him to the curb for brosnan there was also a fun podcast i followed during that run called james bonding that you might enjoy actually so yes actually there's another thing that i'm going to i'll come on the next thing too which reminds me have you checked out the x-files podcast that kumail nanjiani did where he was going through each episode in order his career took off and he stopped doing it but they were really good so yes i listened to the x-files files i enjoyed it james bonding i would like to listen to because i love matt gorley who's one of the co-hosts he's also from super ego and pistol shrimps radio and with gorley and rust and all these different podcasts i'm not a huge fan of matt myra so sorry matt myra i know you're listening to this <laughs> podcast superstar from like the nerdist podcast and also james bonding but like i love matt but I also don't know that I want to listen to like two or three or four because I think they also run really long, really long podcasts about movies I'm sort of middling on. That's true because you're not like super bonered on the early James Bond so right. far is what it seems like. So, Like Matt Gorley teamed up with Paul Rust, who's a comedy writer and actor for this series called With Gorley and Rust. And they did like all the Halloween movies and the Friday the 13th movies and oh, the Jason cool. movies. And they're doing alien movies. And like, I'd rather do that with them because I like both of them. So I know about James Bonding. Thank you for asking about it. But, you know, I, I've decided without listening to an episode, maybe prejudging that it's not for me. But, you know, makes sense. Thanks for the recommendation. Justin says, Jerry with the S10. Nice. My first car was a 91 S10 and I teared up when I had to get rid of it. Hmm. I'm a big coffee drinker. I've shown Joe to my fancy commercial espresso machine. I want to get into making legit good cold press this summer. So if you've gotten any info, I'll take that advice. Oh, cold press or cold brew it says cold press i think uh i don't know what so is, i started getting cold brew from this company online wandering bear coffee this was a company that was advertised to me on instagram and i just get these two things delivered to me and i you know it's probably more expensive than it is but like it's really good and it's just in my fridge whenever i want it so i think this is just like french press i have so i have like every fucking coffee vessel that there is to make coffee percolator a mooka pot i have a french press like every way that's not drip coffee, I have a way to make coffee. I don't know tips for. I guess he's. I'm, I'm assuming he's grinding it himself. Like I use a burr grinder whenever I do like press coffee stuffs. You have to grind it really thick. That's the only recommendation that I can give you. I've never actually made like the only coffee that I've ever made is like Keurig K cups, which doesn't count. Like that's the uh, easiest. No. So like I have no advice here. Yeah, I have like a nice hand burr grinder. I grind like the coffee like as we make it. And I normally though I usually use a mocha pot, but he has this fancy fuck. He has like a really badass espresso machine that he like found and and fixed. 
and That's it's awesome. awesome. It's really yeah. like it's like a full like one that you'd find in like an Italian restaurant, like in a George Clooney commercial. Yeah, <laughs> no, like not like in an espresso, right? Doesn't he doesn't he do Nespresso? He does Nespresso, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, like the one that he's like making fun of, right? Because I think he's always like, "You don't need this," and you're like, "Yeah, you do." He has that one. <laughs> he says, "Lastly, I hope I haven't told the story. I don't think I have." And remember, I just remembered it when you were talking about filming the car coming out of the building in Seven, which was filmed in Atlanta. I have a friend who lives there and is a big Fast and Furious fan. One of his friends came up to him and said, you're not going to believe it. Fast and Furious just offered me a bunch of money to film in my apartment. What? My friend asked him, did you take the money? He said, no, they got deep pockets. I'm going to hold out for more. Furious 7 was filmed in the apartment one floor above his. What a dummy. Like, the benefit of that is, like, <laughs> we've talked on here before about, like, how the Walter White house from Breaking Bad is, like, people threw pizzas on there for a while and, like, the ho- the homeowners got really mad because, like, people didn't respect it. But, like, if you're in an apartment, like, just take that money, man. Yeah, like, there would have been no holding out. Like, they're going to pick a floor above or below you, you goofball. Sorry, Justin's friend, man. <laughs> yeah, if they're offering you a bunch of money to shoot in your apartment, and it's an apartment, like you said, like, one, you're not going to live there forever. And even if you do, it's an apartment, so it's, like nobody's going to track down this random apartment. And two, like, if they break anything, it's like, it's not your fucking house, right? So... I mean, unless you own the apartment. But it's Atlanta, not, like, New York, so... They're not, like, filming in a dumpy apartment. That's true. That's true. That's all the emails for today. Family at cageclub.me. If you learned one thing, take the money when Fast and Furious offers it to you. Yeah, if Fast and Furious wants to offer us money, we're taking it. That's all I know. Joe, on the streets, news about the Fast and Furious. I mentioned the Fast Friday screenings, which were the eight Fridays leading up to F9. They're showing the first eight movies for free in theaters, not showing Hobbs and Shaw, which I find very disrespectful. And interesting, yeah. Other than that, any other news that you've seen about the Fastiverse? There was like kind of tangential news. Uh, Jason let us know about it, and you mentioned it too on the Twitter. Fate was... Uh, premiering for the first time on TV on NBC. Oh, was that a TV premiere? I think. Okay. Against the Oscars. Yeah. So, so yeah, that was our thoughts on it, right? Like, good call. (laughs) Great night for it. Because I didn't watch the Oscars. Well, that's the thing. It's like every network knows they need to, like, put something on, but they don't usually, like... Other networks won't show new stuff because they know that people are watching the one thing. So, like, they won't yeah. have even, like, like Bob's Burgers, not a huge show, but, like, Fox didn't have a new episode of that because they're like, we know people are watching the Oscars or or they're not watching TV, right? Like, if they're watching TV, they're watching the Oscars. I didn't know what channel the Oscars were on, so I just put on NBC because I didn't watch the Oscars. I want to see the end because my sister's like, they're doing Best Picture before the actors. I'm like, what? Yeah. Yeah, it was weird. And so I put on NBC and I was like, why is, F- why is Fate of the Furious on okay cool and then you know i tweeted about it or whatever and then you know i found it on abc but i was just like that's so weird and cool that like nbc was like hey you know we know what we're gonna if you don't want to watch the oscars we got you fate um and they apparently they said they were gonna give a sneak peek sneak peek of f9 on it too which i purposely was like i'm gonna avoid because now that i saw the second trailer i'm like i'm i'm out yeah, but hopefully somebody watched it. That's pretty cool that it's on TV. Now that it's in syndication, we're going to see it on TBS and TNT every other day like usual for the rest of them. So I'm excited about that. Any other news other than that or no? No, that was the only real news that I saw for Fast and the Furious. Thank you, Jason. So announced today, Jason Statham is going to be in The Meg 2, which is now filming. Oh, the that's sequel cool. to The Meg. We also talked about, briefly, you, me, and Wes talked about Vin Diesel and F. Gary Gray returning to team up for the movie Muscle. Yeah. Action comedy Muscle. 
Nate tweeted at us last week. Nate Milton, shout out to him and the Rocky Maivia Picture Show, the podcast that we've been on a couple times. Yeah. He wants to see a Bad Boys FNF crossover. That's which true. I don't know if we've ever said that. I said, you know, we've seen, we want Transformers. We want Men in Black. We want, you know, Jurassic Park. We don't think we've ever seen Bad Boys, but like, can you imagine like Martin Lawrence and Tyrese in the same car? Like, that'd be fun. Yeah. And I think that Tyrese in general has to like Martin Lawrence, right? Like, I think that... He knows who he is, and like I think that he's probably a fan. I would like to see that crossover, though. I think that would be cool. Plus, I was saying that you know in the new one, Bad Boys for Life, Vanessa Hudgens is in there as like sort of the next generation. So like that means we're one step closer to getting Zeph in the Fastiverse because clearly after, after they worked together on High School Musical, they've never done a movie separately. Oh wait, they have not worked together again, but ever again. Vanessa Hudgens is as close to Zeph as we will have gotten. I don't know if they if they do a Bad Boys Fast and Furious crossover if she would even be in it, and then saying that like that's close to him. I don't know. Kind of a joke. It also doesn't make any sense. So not really that funny, but I'd be down. What I'm saying is I would be interested in it. So thank you, Nate. I agree. I agree. I think it'd be fun. And the the comedic thing, you're right. Like this, this is actually the way to do like a Roman spinoff, right? Like just have him show up in a bad boys and be Roman. Sure. Young Rock, we are not going to talk about this (laughs) week because, drumroll please. I just totally forgot to fucking watch it, dude. I knew I had to do that for today. I actually fucked up a lot of things for Joey this morning, like uh-huh. in this episode. Yeah, my timing was just all off. I guess I was Temptation Island boner from last night, and, and like I know what I needed to do to prep for this episode, and I just totally forgot that we were doing it. So yeah, I forgot about Young Rock. So we'll do two episodes next week. Well, there are such juicy spoilers that I'm going to blab right now. <laughs> it's a good episode. It's a fun episode. Is it's it? a college episode, which it does. I will say we'll talk about it next week. We'll talk about two episodes next week, which it might be the finale because again, next episode is Election Day, I think, and they haven't added another episode on wiki so it's still just at 11 so it might just actually end at 11 but they kind of fast forward dewey's college story like the rocks college story to the end of the line and so like maybe they have him you know maybe they follow that character into like getting jobs and like he becomes like the actor and be cool i don't know you know what i mean but like i could also be like oh they just you know they had a one story one season story to tell and they did it so we'll talk about next week when we talk about two episodes sounds good yeah. It makes me feel like this might just be a one and done, which is not a bad thing. You know, I don't know that The Rock wants to do another TV show. He did Ballers for like six years or whatever, right? Like he's he's a busy enough man, so. That would be weird, though, if he only does like one season of this. Doesn't that feel like, like this, this felt like this was going to be like his network sitcom. If it is one season, that really means that he was doing this to put in our brains that he's going to run for president. <laughs> like it's just, it's literally like the campaign. Yeah, basically. Yeah. There's nothing on the wiki about second season or more episodes than 11. So I honestly don't know. Maybe they don't know. Maybe they're trying to figure out. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know either. We'll find out, though, next week when we talk about two episodes. But, Joe, the final thing to do before we take a break and bring in Heather is to talk about the Fast and Furious Minute. Minute eight from Too Fast, Too Furious. It's not a game. It's serious. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, back y'all asses up. Back up. Back up. When you turn in the barbecue around It's not a game. It's serious. All right, back up, back up. Get off the street, off the street. Let's go. Back it up, back it up. Everybody keep your hands real, real clear, all right? I got a surprise for y'all this evening. I got this, I got this. Get out of here. Get out of here. Ready. Ready. Ready.
minute, Tej clears the crowd off the starting line as the racers prepare. Tej counts down the race. The racers are off. Ryan and Slapjack shift into second gear as the minute ends. So my question to you is that when Tej is telling everybody to back off the line, he's like, back up, back up, back up. He says back up like eight times. And he says, everybody keep your hands real, real clear, all right? Because I got a surprise for you all this evening. And so the surprise in the race, as we'll find out in a couple minutes, is the bridge, right? Like he's going to open the bridge. What does that have anything to do with keeping their hands away from exhausts? I have no idea, dude. I was thinking the same thing, and it's like, I don't know. I really don't. I think that it's just like like a fake lead. Like he's like, keep your hands on your sides because I got a surprise for you. But it has nothing to do with that. And even the bridge is like not dangerous to their hand. It's far away. My only thought, and I've since changed my mind since I wrote this down, was that it's a movie convenience, like, oh, get ready, it's going to get crazier soon. But, like, yeah. when we cut back to Tej, I think he once again says, like, oh, they ain't seen nothing yet or whatever. And then he does the bridge. Like, you don't need to, like, preface that because he does the same thing in that scene. So I have no idea. I think they're trying to get the audience hype for it. It's more probably writing for us than it is for continuity, right? So Then, again, that's like starting a movie in the middle of the climax. It's like, just don't preview that you have something crazy just like drop something crazy no i i think i like the one preview i think that's good Uh, in like a movie like fast and the furious right they're like get ready you're about to see something crazy and you're like yeah we know but like the movie knows too it's gonna be real crazy what did you notice in this minute minute eight i was hoping we would get more inside shots of the cars but we didn't really get any i was hoping for like the danger to manifold kind of scenes We're not there yet. I think we do get them. We definitely see, like, Suki looking at her screen and stuff, and, like, we didn't get that, but we did see Brian's odometer, because we see his dash, and he has 41,045 miles on the skyline, so I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. New number. As much as it's just, like, the cars and their faces in this one, I did slow down and get, like, a couple shots of the buildings, and I think you see it. I found two phone numbers. Oh, God damn it. In this minute. So we don't know what the super equipment is, but hold on. I'll call this number first. I don't know what Mi- super... Mr. 305, Mr. Worldwide. Yeah, Mr. 305, Mr. Worldwide. I, I don't want to call two numbers. I'm going to call this... Pick I'll one. call two numbers. That's what I thought. The, if, I'm going to call the second one because we know the name of the place. That's like a lease. Like, that's like if you want to rent this building. Oh, Give I have a, an idea for that one, though. Hold on. Okay. If they don't answer... The first one's like a business. Like, it was on the side of a business. The other one was like on like a four lease sign. The number you have reached... That's the lease. The leasing number yeah, is not sense. in service anymore. I figured as much. I was going to I was gonna say, we drove by this place that looks pretty interesting. Can you, can you tell me if it's available? They're like, yeah, sure. Where is it? I'm like, I don't know, Miami? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nothing. Come on, super equipment. I get nervous every time one of these happens. <laughs> nah, you got nothing. They're not answering. You one more ring. In the first 10 rings. Hello? Hi, is this super equipment? I'm sorry, where? Is this a business? Is this super equipment or no? No, it's our trading. We sell restaurant equipment. Oh, okay. Because I don't know. I don't. I don't know if you know this, but it's kind of a weird thing. But your phone number is in the movie Too Fast, Too Furious. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah. We've had people call us about that. Is that is that weird that I called? No, no. We've had other people call. It's just weird that it was in the movie. I don't. 
why. I'm, I'm calling because we, have, my friends and I do a podcast about the movies, and like every time we see a phone number in one of these movies, we just call to see if it still exists. And so we got really kind of uh-huh. exerv- excited and nervous. So what's the name of your business? I'm sorry. <laughs> it's called R Trading. R Trading, and you do uh, restaurant equipment. We do restaurant equipment, and we're down in Miami, Florida. That's awesome. That's that's really cool. So thank you so much. I'm, I'm I, my my only real question was going to be if anybody else had asked, and it sounds like people have. So yeah. not news people to you. Have called. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. We've had the number for about thirty years. So yeah. Oh, so even when the movie came out, that was your phone number. Uh huh. Yep. Gotcha. When the movie came out. That was our phone number. <laughs> were Were you there when when they shot the movie? We were, we were, the, the street was uh, converted and part of the, you know, some of the scenery and stuff like that. We were also in the, I don't remember, what was the name of the movie that, that was over with uh, Tom Cruise and, and the, the girl that dances? Oh, co- wait, Tom Cruise, uh, Cocktail? No, no, um, Tom Cruise, no, not Rock of Ages, it was a, a Broadway uh, thing that got turned into a movie. It, it might have been Rock of Ages. I don't think it was called Rock of Ages. It was something like that, but it wasn't Rock of Ages. It was something like that, but it wasn't Rock of Ages. What's the name of that girl that, that, uh, that was in uh, Dancing with the Stars? One of the original. Uh, no. Oh, anyway. Oh. Uh, and, and, they filmed, and they filmed down there, too? Uh-huh. They filmed in our store as well. Oh, that's awesome. That's super cool. Mm-hmm. That's super, super cool. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me and for indulging this nonsense. You're welcome. <laughs> Have a good one. Enjoy your podcast. Yeah, you Bye. too. Thank you. All right. Bye. That's why Yo. you always give it one more ring. Yo! I was ready to hang up, and look what you got. That was awesome. Shout out to our trading restaurant equipment, our if new sponsor need... <laughs> for this episode. Yeah, new sponsor. Maybe they have fucking champagne buckets. They probably oh, man, do. If, if they do restaurant equipment, you never know. You never know. Well, that's it, it's also she's like, yes, people have called here before about too fast. <laughs> you know, she talked to me for two and a half minutes, right? So it's, you know. That's she really cool. Nothing yeah. but time. I get. I can't imagine that those are like calls that they get like every day, right? But like enough that they're like, yeah, we've we've had this before, right? Especially if she said that they've had the number for thirty years, it probably means that like it's not like somebody who's just new to the thing. So she's probably <laughs> been there for a while. So she's like, they might have had like five calls in twenty years, but like she remembers them, right? So yeah, yeah, very awesome. Wow. Anything else you noticed in this minute? <laughs> that, that was it, man. There was just like a lot of the same cars and faces and stuff. So. Like, those were the two main takeaways, and I'm glad that she answered and indulged us. Wow. Yeah. Very cool. So I have two trivia questions here, and I don't want to do both. I want to do one or the other, because they're both kind of similar. But I either want to do, in what order does Tej ask the racers in the first race if they're ready? We did something very similar to that, right? Yeah. The money We did the racers giving Tej their entry fee, or, which I think I like the second one more because it is different, which two racers give themselves pep talks before the first race? I like that much better. That's a difficult question, too. And the answer is Orange, Julius, and Slapjack, which makes sense because they're the they're the less confident of the four. You can kind of context clues that one out, I think. I love in this in this um, minute, though, you get the full lineup of the the matching clothing of uh, Slapjack's crew. Like, they all have, like, the same <laughs> lineup of, like, NYC t-shirts, NYC t-shirts, brown jackets. Like, it's all, like, this weird same uniform. It's very interesting. I'm like, do you have to dress up like your crew when you go to, like, a street racing event? Like, if you're part of a team? If you want to be proud of your dude, yeah, you do. Th- that's that's the other weird thing. It's like, does he really have, like, a squad like that? It's, it's all very strange. I don't know. But I like that in the background. It was cracking me up. Cool. Well, let's take a break and let us come back and bring in Heather Antos to talk about Hobbs and or Shaw.
episode number 178, Hobbs and Shaw. This episode is brought to you by Wayfair with all nope. the... Nope. Sh- we got a new sponsor, remember? Oh, you're right. This episode is brought to you by our trading restaurant equipment <laughs> in Miami. Heather, before the break, so every every episode we break down a movie minute by minute. We are in minute eight of Too Fast, Too Furious, and there are two phone numbers, and Joe made me swear an oath that every time there was a phone number in one of these movies, I would call it, and we called the first number, and it was disconnected, and then the second one rang like seven times. Joe's like, hang out. I'm like, one more ring, and then on the eighth ring, this woman picks up, and we talk for like three minutes about like how the phone number's in Too Fast, Too Furious, <laughs> and they do restaurant equipment, so no longer Wayfair sponsors no. episode. Shout out to, what is it, R what? R Trading Restaurant Equipment. Shout out to our trading restaurant equipment. Welcome back to the show. Talking about Hobbs and Shaw, the final movie for now that she will be joining us for once again for the ninth, not episode in a row, but ninth, whatever. You got it. You know know what we're talking about. Heather Antos. Hello, Heather. Hello, Joey and Joe. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. And you're here on a big week because, as I'm sure you've seen online, someone found an 80-year-old review of Citizen Kane that was a negative review, and so now the best-reviewed <laughs> movie on Rotten Tomatoes is Our Boy Paddington 2. As it should be. I mean, seriously, it is the greatest movie of all time. All hail the king. Yeah, it's it's the best. Tyler still won't watch it with me. What? Just because I haven't forced him to. He'll, he will when I force him to. I just Makes haven't sense. forced him to yet. But like he loved the first one, so I don't know. The first one's good. That's not I'm not I'm not trying to undersell it, oversell it. The first one's good. The second one is a goddamn masterpiece. I understand that by now it seems like a bit. It's not a bit. It is no, a perfect everybody movie. says this. Everyone. Everyone is- I talk to. It is legitimate. You've seen it, Joe, right? No, I've never seen it. Oh, I've you've never not? Seen it or the second one. <sighs> well, you don't have to see the first one to see the second one. Yeah, That's you can. Fine. You but the second one, just jump in. It, it, yeah, you can just you can easily just totally jump in with the second one and be completely fine. And I assume that's going to be the case with the third one. But you should absolutely watch them both because... From everyone that I trust that like everybody's opinion on is like, holy shit, this is actually really great. And like not even like just joking. No, like it's Joey like legitimately said, like... like one of the tightest movies I've ever, I've mm-hmm. ever seen. And funny and suspenseful. It's and... a hug for your soul. Yeah, man. It's great. <laughs> you know you know how great here, you know how great we all felt watching Toy Story 3? This is that times a million. Toy Story. Awesome. Okay, interesting. Toy Story 3 also ends with them maybe all dying, depending on how you want to interpret that ending. Depending. Toy Story 2 is still well, Jesse's song. Toy Story 2 has Jesse's song, yeah. Oh my God, it just makes me, makes me want to cry thinking about it. <laughs> Not even hearing the song, just thinking about the song makes me want to cry. Heather, before we go any further, we need to stop talking about Paddington 2 or else we're never going to get anywhere. But we have a two, well, I'm going to give you one question now, and then I'm going to give you the second question. I'm either going to let you answer this now or in two weeks on the Relap Recap. So I'm going to give you, I need one answer today, and then you either can answer the other one today or you can sleep on it. It's up to you. But the first okay. one, the one you need to answer, either or, we've not done either or in a while. Okay. Are you more of a Hobbs or a Shaw? Oh, a Shaw. Okay. Hands down. We originally, the original version of this question was, are you more of a Deckard or an Owen? And then for a long time, Joe and I were not, could not remember who was who. And then when this movie came out, I'm like, oh, we have an easy, it's just Hobbs or Shaw. And so overwhelmingly more people are Shaw, but we're like, we're both Shaw. But yeah, I mean, Hobbs is a mountain of a man that we cannot, it's hard to be. I can't flex a cast off. I mean, like that's. Very valid point. Okay, so now the question, you can either answer this now, because you might have a very easy answer. I know you have an answer on the opposite end of this, or if you want to sleep on it, if you don't want to commit today, you are going to come back one more time in the near future for the Relab Recap. But do you have a favorite character? 
in, now that you've seen every in like movie. all of them or like in... all nine movies anyone in the franchise do you have a favorite character in the fastiverse yes okay oh i'm not telling you okay the question was okay. do i have one no 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 no. the question wasn't who is your favorite character is do you have one i answered it <laughs> what an asshole <laughs> You can answer tonight if you want, or I can ask you again in two weeks. This is up to you. You can ask the correct question that you want answered in two Who weeks. Who is your favorite character in yeah. the Fastiverse? In, in two weeks, I'll answer that. Perfect. Okay. Wow, what an asshole. Okay, cool. <laughs> I answered okay. your question. She did. Can I go to the bathroom? I don't know. Can Me? you? Get out of here. Get out of here with your nonsense. I am a grammarian by trade. Pro or con, Oxford comma? Oh, pro. Good. Okay. I love you the Oxford stay. comma. I love the Oxford comma. Although Vampire Weekend said, I don't give a fuck about an Oxford comma. That's right? an so, excellent song. Which I, it, excellent I love song. that whole album. Yeah. It's a great yeah. album. Great song. Hobbs and Shaw. So now, before we get to the cool moments, this is the one that all lap long. Back when we were in the dark days, the dark <laughs> ages, before we converted you, before we broke you down, before Statham joined... And we were like, you know, if all else fails and you hate these eight movies, I still think there's a chance you like Hobbs and Shaw. Because Joe has been, since we saw this movie, he said it's the most fun one in the franchise. Even people who don't like these movies might like this movie. We're like, this is, you know, it's going to be up there for you, I think. And then, as we go along, you love Hobbs, you love Shaw, you love Dame Helen Mirren. You don't like Brian, you don't like Dom, so we're like, it's... You don't, yeah, it's... You don't like anything that's not in this movie. You <laughs> yeah. like everything that's explicitly in this movie. We didn't want to like build up the hype too much because we don't want to set unreasonable expectations. But Heather, mm-hmm. the ninth movie, I've seen Hobbs it. and Shaw, mm-hmm. what do you think? Where has this franchise been <laughs> my whole life? That's that's what I I want the Hobbs and Shaw Fast and Furious franchise. Give me twenty five movies of these all day <sighs> long. Give me twenty five of this movie. It is the right level of fun and stupid that I enjoy and love because everyone is charming as fuck in this like i mean you have Idris Elba, it's fucking yes. charming as fuck rob delaney where did he come from ryan reynolds absolutely yep. you know like fucking fantastic is it a similar plot to mission impossible 2 we won't talk about it because that was the worst film of that franchise <laughs> it is it's, yeah it's two's the worst one good it's it's the worst one by a long shot you know is this swiss family robinson and samoa a little bit, but again, it works. It's great. I love it. 10 out of 10. Can we tell you something really cool that you might be excited about? Yeah. They already greenlit Hobbs and Shaw too. So you're oh, I definitely... know. Okay. Then you're definitely getting at least one more of these. No, I want 20. Yeah. <laughs> I... It's on my writer for this podcast. <laughs> but I think based on how this franchise normally goes, you're probably going to get at least 10 of them. Close to I'm, ten of them. I'm here. How pissed is Vin Diesel? <laughs> well, so this yeah. Is, so when when the second trailer for F9 came out, Justin Lin was like, "I don't think Hobbs and Shaw are gone from the main franchise forever." And we're like, "Yeah, yeah they shouldn't be. Like that'd be really dumb. Like if you're just like if they if it's ego or whatever that they got spun off and never came back. Like of course they're gonna come back. I don't know if COVID." altered the release order for these movies or just delayed everything mm-hmm. like i because we're getting nine mm-hmm. hopefully theoretically they haven't started filming hobson chachi that we know of though right no and i don't think they've filmed any of 10 or 11 which i would imagine they're probably going to do like matrix or lord of the Rings style or whatever where they do back to back yeah 
I would imagine. I don't know for sure, but it seems like it's kind of a two-part thing. They, they've they been bandying about this idea of a Letty-led, sort of one more centered on the females and maybe non-binary characters, because there's a video game, the recent video game has a non-binary character at the core, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if it's been confirmed or if it's just been talked about, Like, but like Vin has talked about that movie being a movie. And so I don't know in what order we will get these, but I would imagine before the end of the main core franchise, before the end of 10 and 11, or 10, 1, 10, 2, whatever, we'll get another one of these probably for sure. Because it, it seemed like we were on like a every other year pattern, 8, then Hobbs and Shaw, and 9 was going to come out the next year. So they were going to start alternating them and get one every year, but it was going to be like a main one every other year, but then like a spinoff. Kind of like what Star Wars was trying to do. I think so, yeah. And then they were like, oh, nobody needs a Star Wars movie every year. We're going to stop that. Um, People do not love these movies. Yeah. Which, you know, unfortunately, because I liked most of those movies. Well, when you you push them out for the sake of just pushing them out, right? Right. Like, that's what it kind of turned into. And I think that's the other thing. Like, people already give this franchise shit. They're like, oh, how many of these movies do you need? It's like, look at every goddamn franchise. Right. Yeah. No, yeah. absolutely. I mean, like, I mean, look at what Harry Potter did, right? It started the mm-hmm. new trend of like, oh, you thought this would be the last film? Joke's on you. We split it right. in two because money. Exactly. Yep. yep. And then The Hobbit happened and we all got really sad. <laughs> Hunger Games and Twilight and all Twilight, of them, right? It's yeah. just like... Yeah, I guess I guess Hobbit is the most extreme. Like, let's take a 200-page kids book, essentially, and turn it into three movies that are three hours long each, right? Yep. But, ay, 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 ay. Okay, uh, Heather, maybe a difficult question. I don't know. Your cool okay. moment, don't lose that cool of yours, it's your meal ticket. What is your pick for the cool moment in Hobbs and Shaw? Ryan, don't lose that cool of yours, it's your meal ticket. I mean, the whole, let's be honest, the whole thing I thought was fucking cool. It, it's so cool, I know. But, but I think one of the first moments for me that made me go holy fuck yes was in that and we'll just go with but again the whole movie the whole movie is fucking cool i love it it's the opening scene when idris elba shows up and she shoots at him and he blocks it with his fucking hand yeah yeah you know bulletproof gloves or he's just bulletproof you know you're up to up to you he is a cyborg so but yeah like that was my first like oh fucking yeah but no the and then the quiet cool moment for me personally was the nice little easter egg to the italian job because that was my first jason statham movie and i loved that and got a little too excited about that moment and definitely rewound it to watch it again The link to the Italian job was something in the theaters that we were like, oh, fuck. Like, because now the Italian job is canon, right? Right. Mm -hmm. But I mean, and Charlize Theron is in that, too. Yes. Like, how does that, right? Like, how how does all that work? I mean, technically, they do have a history. They did talk about that. Yeah. Is it actually her? Is it some weird evil twin? I don't know. But I want to find out. That Cypher is the evil twin. That yeah. we have good Charlies come as Handsome Rob's oh. cohort, which I don't remember her name, but she's like, hey guys, I'm here to help. Like, aren't you Cypher? She's like, no, that's my sister. Don't yeah. confuse me. <laughs> Charlie? Is her name Charlie in the movies? I think so. I don't remember. She's the safe cracker, right? Like, yeah. That's her, yeah, yeah. that's her shtick. Yeah. No, Heather, her role in the movie is to be in her underwear when that Mark Wahlberg true. just walks into the hotel room. <laughs> yeah, that is very true because you can't have a woman in a film unless she shows some skin. Mark Wahlberg plays Charlie. Charlize Theron plays Stella Bridger. Stella. Actually, okay. I will tell you this, Heather. When we did the Charlize Theron podcast, I kept a list on Letterboxd. It's called Charlize Theron Movies, where she plays an unattainable dream girl, yet is paired on screen with a guy who does not respect or deserve her, ranked by the order of the disparity. 
and there are at least 12 of like her 45 movies I'm where that's the case monster monster is one of them right monster <laughs> no <laughs> but the the two worst offenders believe it or not are both woody allen movies where she's basically in there to be like a sex shocked. object like one of which like she wow. just like has sex with woody allen it's like yeah don't do that stop it. shocked i tell you yeah. shocked did you watch that documentary i have it's something i did not because i i don't, don't yeah. i don't need to be sweet when to... i already have my mind made up <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm glad that you brought up though about the like surprise of the italian job because joe said like in theaters has a surprise we live in an era where everything is spoiled right mm-hmm. every movie mm-hmm. website has people they have informants like even like we have people here who are like oh check this out like this is what i heard yeah. Where everything is spoiled. They're like, oh, look, he was on set. Like, you know, the, the Marvel movies, like the new ones, they're like, oh, like Matt Damon's been filmed. It's just like, well, you just probably ruined a cool cameo or whatever, right? Yeah. Like, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Somehow, like we knew that Idris Elba was in the movie because they announced that because he's the villain. He's on every poster, yeah. basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ryan Reynolds was surprised to us. Rob Delaney was a surprise heard, to us. We heard rumors that Kevin Hart was going to be in it. And he was. Oh, my God. He was a delight. Yeah. They saw him on set, but were like. It doesn't make sense for them to be in the franchise. Like, he's just friends with The Rock. Yeah, but he's like, just hanging out, yeah. There was a lot of this movie somehow where we were like, oh my god, like that was actually a legitimate surprise. I think it just contributes to the overall, like, oh, this is a fun movie. Because it's like, why are there all these people? And it's like, well, why wouldn't there? Like, it's just a fun movie yeah. to be a part of. Ryan Reynolds showing up, I was just kind of like, what the fuck is this? You know, like, again, it's it's kind of like how I fell in love with seven you know where they just kind of threw bizarreness at you right off the gate like that's yep. how you know like okay i am just here for the ride and you're already invested in obviously the rocket chase and see them because how could you not be they're both beautiful men fantastic at what they do yeah no this this was amazing awesome stupid fun <laughs> with there's a nice little heartwarming story in there but I remember, I remember when this came out, I personally saw a lot of like naysayers who didn't enjoy it, at least in like my social media f- feeds. Um, so I was a little like hesitant going into this. I wasn't sure, like I didn't want to hype it up too much in my head, you know, based off of seven and eight. So um, I did, I think, go in with fairly realistic expectations and had a lot of fun. But like I can, I can see why people who are so like invested in the Vin Diesel verse mm-hmm. of, mm-hmm. of FF why they wouldn't like this um, because this one is good. So Ooh, wow, okay. <laughs> so here's a, here's a question for you. I think there's a big split. I mean, people just don't like this movie. There's one part of it, but like totally. I think... And I and I get that. It's it's filmed differently. It feels yeah. differently. It does. It definitely doesn't take itself as seriously. No. Right. The question I want to ask you is, to that end, do you think this is a Fast and Furious movie? Because in the eight Fridays leading up to F9, they're doing the Fast Friday screenings. They're doing free tickets to, like, if you want to, like, get a code on this Fast and Furious website. They're doing, like, one screening a week in select theaters. Mm -hmm. They're not showing this movie. They're showing the first eight, and they're not showing this movie. And so even within the core canon i guess of f9 this does not exist and this I is fast and furious presents Vin diesel for that probably but do you think this is a fast and furious movie or is it just a movie that has fast and furious characters and is exists in the universe but isn't a fast and furious movie i think this is a fast and furious movie because if you want to use the argument that fast and furious is all about doing dumb things <laughs> involving cars <laughs> and incorrect physics 
but most importantly, the themes of family. I mean, literally, family is what drove this whole yeah. movie. Literally. Yep. Like, you can't deny that. And whether you liked it or didn't like it, like, it doesn't matter. Like, this above all had, I think, probably the strongest family story mm-hmm. of all of them. It's There's a lot of family. Yeah. And you go to Samoa to, like, literally find his family literally this is a you know like the previous films are about like found family and that Mm -hmm. like family is not your blood it is you know you you pick your own family but this is also about you blood is still your family and there's still importance there and i thought that whole story with both sides was handled really well and was very interesting and definitely something that when I do go back and watch this again, because I am going to go back and watch this again. It's so much fun. I definitely want to pay more attention to like some of those more subtle and B story plots um, rather than the overarching, oh my God, she's got a disease. It's going to start a pandemic and we're all going to die. That's really, that's really not an important part of this movie. It really isn't. Like, and, and I kind of liked that. Like, yeah, she has this thing in her that if it gets, like, they made it pretty clear that, like, it will become airborne and everyone will die, right? Yeah. Like, that yeah. that yeah. wasn't secret. They did, but it also wasn't, like, as stressful. No. As I think other, like, Contagion-type things we've seen with this where it's like super super high stakes like yes this is super high stakes but it also wasn't what was high stakes driving the movie it was all personal vendettas truly that were driving the movie which i really like and also is a very big macro part of how the fast and furious franchises work like yeah there's macro stuff going on but really at the end of the day it's all personal ego vendetta bullshit yep and considering how much we talked about the past two villains in the franchise. I think Idris is like really sussed out, which is like refreshing too, compared to like, you know, we see Charlize, you're like, oh, she's just like angry. Mosey Jaconda, he like, he's like, he just shows up, but he's not really like the guy that's not really integral. Against. You kind of forget about him, yeah. Yeah. And like in this one, you're like, oh no, Idris is like a guy that Shaw hates from the past mm-hmm. and like is a cyborg and is working for this company. And it's like, oh, okay, yes, we know exactly what his motivations are and what he's doing. So it makes perfect sense. I like that a lot better. What I like so much about this movie, nothing in it is, is original, you know, not nothing. in <laughs> nope. this is original. You know, I've seen it in born identity. I've seen it in, you know, all the other things I've listed previously, but it doesn't matter because it just goes to show what having the right cast and having the right stunts and having the right um, cinematography and all of that put together, you know, all of that alchemy, how special it can be. But yeah, like it, it makes to me it, this super fun and unique because of how like, yeah, I've seen all of this before, but like. I don't care. It's still exciting and I want to see it again. How do you feel about the soundtrack in this one? Quite honestly, I couldn't tell you anything of it. I don't remember. (laughs) You don't remember the song by Idris Elba in the middle of this movie? I don't. He raps in the part of this movie, yeah. Does he really? Yeah, Yeah, in the getaway when when he's on the motorcycle and he like does that slide under the truck, like the song Uh that's playing there is an Idris Elba song. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I don't, soundtrack is typically not something I really pay attention to in movies. So like, I'm not the person to ask that. You know, the only time I will ever like truly pay attention to a soundtrack is if it's like a jukebox soundtrack, right? Or if it like takes me out of it, in which case it's a negative thing. You know, what is it? Fast and Furious with with our favorite Lucas Black where they play <laughs> the K 
kid rock the same eight seconds of the kid rock song <laughs> for five minutes. Ball with the ball for sure. Yeah. yeah. It was big at the time. It definitely dates it. Joe, what's your pick for a cool moment in this movie? Uh, Heather just brought it up, but like, I was trying to pick like a specific cool moment. While I was thinking about that, I was thinking about like the cool characters in this movie, and it's really hard to pick a favorite cool character, first of all, because it's like, Helen Mirren's so fucking cool in this. Obviously Shaw, The Rock. Then you got people like Hattie is so cool in this movie. So I was like, mm-hmm. okay, like cool people is impossible to pick anyways, because I think all of them are very cool. Coolest moment is the whole set of the motorcycle chase scene. Idris's motorcycle can jump on walls. Fucking mm-hmm. incredible. That's very cool to me. Yeah, his motorcycle was probably the coolest tech of this whole thing. Right? Okay, so like there you got that. So Brixton like jumps like he could just like wall ride whenever he feels like in his motorcycle. In the same scene, you have them in the car and another guy on the motorcycle, the rock just reaches his hand out and grabs a man off the motorcycle and just like drags him along the car. I'm like, that's fucking cool. Mm-hmm. You have <laughs> them line up so that he jumps like his motorcycle up the front of the car and into this bus. And they're just like, yep, they just leave them there. I was like, that whole, the how it all played out, just like, there was many individual cool moments, but like, that whole scene is just like, very, very cool to me. So I think that's my pick for cool moment. Heather, I don't know if you're going to remember, but I teased a couple episodes ago, I think it might have been when Statham showed up, and you're like, I can't imagine a character cooler than this. And I'm like, you haven't met my favorite character yet. And I think <laughs> Hattie is my favorite character. She is pretty awesome my favorite moments in this i think the cool moments are just everything she does kind of like yeah when she shows up like the movie for the movie to start with her that like i mean she is her last name is shaw like we know she is a shaw mm. but like she's not the titular shaw like this movie is hobbs and shaw you go there to see the rock and stay them do their thing and just be like handsome men just quippy and actiony and whatever right yeah and so for the movie to start on a woman you don't know and mm. for her to be so goddamn cool and beautiful and confident and kick-ass and everything it's like this is amazing and then like 20 minutes later when she meets up with Hobbs and she fights Hobbs and eventually you Mm -hmm. know loses because you can't beat Hobbs but like she keeps up with him for a while and we've seen him over the last four movies be like the strongest best yeah everything and for this sort of small-ish woman to keep up with him it's like yeah that's pretty awesome I also do love Madam M the Isaac Gonzalez character even though we only see her for like a a brief minute more of her yeah just she the fact that cool. she runs shit as much as she does, just cool. Just very cool. I think that's great. The Hattie, like, cool scene is when she's, like, strapped down, and they're like, oh, we're going to tranquilize her. And then she, like, leg kicks the tranquilizer into that dude's neck and, like, all this. I'm like, oh, my God. And then God, the Russian is... guy's like, that's impossible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, this is so cool, too. There's so many cool moments in this movie. I really like this movie. Yeah, no, no, for sure. I mean, you bring up you bring up a really cool point with with Hattie that I really like. In comparison to uh, the Rock and Jason scene in this, like one one thing I did notice is I feel like they made, and I don't know if this was a, a story choice, a directorial choice, or the Rock choice, but to me, um, Dwayne Johnson's character definitely felt way more impulsive in okay. nature than he previously came across. Like when he was first introduced. And five, you know, he had a bit of a stick up his ass and was kind of like, this is how we do things. This is how I do things. And was very much like he had his own structure and code and whatever. And and this was way more destructive and impulsive and just brazen. And I get that it's in juxtaposition with Statham's, I guess he's the one who has 
the more stick up his ass and in, in, in this and how they're portraying it. But what what I love so much with Hattie's character is you have these two men who are just all ego all day long. <laughs> she is the pure difference between you know there's confidence and then there's ego right and she is confident yeah and she can back up that confidence and those boys are just ego all day long because <laughs> well, I, I think what's interesting that i've never actually thought about or contextualized but within that scope is that deckard's backstory is he is like the most highly trained most yeah. competent badass killer like killed 35 dudes dishonorably like he's got this whole backstory right and we see him through seven and eight like doing crazy shit and like being a badass and like going toe to toe and like taking on all of Los Angeles to get back at Dom. Right. Like we mm-hmm. see him do that. We see Hobbs do his thing, but I feel like there is something to the fact that we're seeing Hattie in her element, mm-hmm. doing her job and doing it well that we get for Hobbs in five, which I think works, but we never get for Deckard. Yeah. It's show. Don't tell I mean, They're showing for Deckard, but they're also telling for Deckard. It's like, you should be afraid of this guy. Cause like, look at X, Y, and Z. But like here, before she even really says a word, you're like, Oh my God, she's beautiful. And she kicked my ass. Like yeah. there's so much that the movie conveys just by showing her doing her thing that it's like, why don't they do this more often? And not just with <laughs> women with anybody. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. She, she was, she was freaking great. More of her, please. More of Helen Mirren. More of all of it. I noticed something when we were watching it this time, Joey, and I didn't, and it's just very applicable to this lap specifically. The Rock is talking to Hattie, like, you know, because he, like, drops, like, those quotes throughout the movie, like, that's Nietzsche and stuff like that. I wrote down one, yeah, that I'm going to use as the pull quote for this episode, for sure. Yeah, and he gives her a quote. I don't, what is it? You have it. The key to immortality is first, living a life worth remembering. He goes, no, that's Bruce Lee. I'm like, ooh, cool, cool theme, yeah. cool lap on brand, <laughs> Tokyo Drift lap. I totally forgot that he drops a Bruce Lee quote in this, and then we, you know, did Game of Death earlier, so I was like, oh man, we even get a Bruce Lee reference in this yeah. movie, that's perfect. And it's not even a Justin Lin movie. My big takeaway, I mean, I, I wrote that down, like, I did not make a, I'll take a lot of notes on this, just because I knew that a lot of this episode was going to be buoyed by Heather's enthusiasm for it. <laughs> but I wrote that down, because I want to use that as the quote, but my real takeaway here, in watching this time through, and it is something that is temporarily or on brand or what we've been talking about but i felt like all the hobbs family stuff with him and samantha in the restaurant and going to samoa i don't want to say like hit different to use the parlance but like felt different knowing what we know about young rock like it feels genuine in a Uh. way to his backstory in a way that like we kind of assumed before but now sort of see in action that's right you're absolutely right. Now, now that you put that into context, I agree with you. Like, yeah, we we always guessed that he was like he was trying to do this because he is very into his heritage and like his grandma and stuff like that. But now we see that like he was doing a young rock version of this. Like th- he was trying to show that like this is what he would do if he had a show about his family before they gave him a show about his family. Right? <laughs> I don't know how involved he is because like I don't get the sense that. You know, we talked about before that like the main franchise installments are Vin and Chris Morgan and Justin Lin to a certain extent, like the three of them just being like, here's how everything happens. And I don't know to what extent The Rock here, like I'm not sure I want to look up if he's a producer, but like it doesn't feel like he is as tan like this is not his franchise, right? Like this is just a thing that he's a part of. Like he probably has other things that he's more passionate about or whatever, or he's just like, I'm gonna do a million things and I'm gonna give it all my all, right? But like it doesn't feel like for Vin Diesel 
Fast and Furious is his baby. Like, if that and Riddick, right? Like, those are his yeah. things. This does not feel like that to The Rock. Maybe it is. I don't know. But it doesn't feel like... No. It's still, I just I just don't know to what extent he would have creative influence over the Samoa stuff. But probably they consulted him at the very least to make sure that it was, like, you know, culturally appropriate yeah. and historically appropriate. It might have been a thing for him where he was just like, I will do this, but this right. is part of the package. I mean, it's Dwayne Johnson. Why would they fight that? You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, I think you're right. I think that he definitely had some say in that. Like, he's like, yeah, I'll do like a spinoff movie. I I don't know how emotionally invested he is in Fast and the Furious. That's a good point. I never really thought about it. And I don't mean like as a bad way. No, not in a bad. Because he he cares. It's just that like, I don't know if this is his thing. Because he also seems to have like a million things. Agreed. Like, yeah. Like, like, does he care as much about being Hobbs that he does about his own tequila brand? Because he's like always talking about the tequila brand, right? And it's not a bad thing. It's not like he does bad in Hobbs and Shaw or like he doesn't put an effort in. It's just like, I don't know what his emotional priority is in his own mind. And it doesn't seem like Hobbs and Shaw is like top, right? Well, I did look and Dwayne Johnson and Jason Statham are both producers on this movie. That doesn't necessarily mean like they're not executive, like executive producers and Heather, correct me if I'm wrong. Executive producers sometimes like there's certain producer credits that they just throw out. as just like, a, oh, yeah, like here's, you know, it's part of the thing. But like producer generally, like you're kind of more involved. So maybe they were more involved. I don't know. Yeah. Producer, typically you're you're a little bit more boots on the ground. Executive producer. I mean, it depends, you know, like th- that's yeah. where it gets a little complicated depending because sometimes it's like yeah i threw a hundred grand towards this project so you get ep um Uh. and then and then you have not to get too into the weeds but you know pga and wga and all that stuff they have certain union rules where after x amount of years of doing xyz you have to be credited as this oh that's interesting yeah so it, it it gets a little weird but I mean, obviously, something with Samoa and Dwayne Johnson. You, uh, from what I know of him, right. he absolutely had a voice in what happened. So this is the first Fast and Furious movie he's a producer on. Like he's an EP on Young Rock, which kind of makes sense that like he was probably there for the conception of it all, and yes. he's there to film his three minutes a week and then it's just like i hired the right people i trust you to make the show go make the show but then with this where he's on set every day anyway and he's more maybe involved in the creative process it would make more sense for him to be like you know in the weeds i think like you said just being part of it he's also he's like the producer on 38 movies including like a dozen that are not out yet right so like the guy just has like a million you know irons in the fire all the time all the time yeah so Heather, what else about this movie did you love? Is there things about this that you did not love? Any other like what are your big thoughts, your big takeaways from Hobbs and Shaw? Some of the filming choices, like the cuts and editing, I didn't necessarily jive with, and I think that's this director, and because I've gotten so used to mm. Lynn's directing and, and storytelling. I think, like honestly, that is what made this feel not fast and furious more than anything else the editing and and some of the the shots and stuff like that it just it just looked and felt different in that regard unrelated i thought before i forget i thought of this last night i was watching um cupcake wars last night um totally relevant and there was a a chef on there a baker on there her name was letty oh which i thought was really it like i heard it and then like had to pause for a second like wait what I wish their names were more distinct because you know how pop culture will influence baby names. And then like, we're going to see a point where there's like, you know, 50, 20 year olds on reality TV shows named like Khaleesi. 
and we're just like get like we're getting there right like it's coming and i wish that like dom and brian were like more distinct like letty's distinct right but like that's also could just be like i think it's Leticia. probably a pretty common latin name yeah that's what i mean yeah. so i like I, I wish there was like more like goofy names in fast and the furious so you'd be like did your parents name you after fast and the furious your son don omar too <laughs> yeah yeah, like, like your son, American Muscle, is that is the, did they name you after that? Nas. Well, yeah, I mean, how many people named their kid Brian after Paul Walker died, right? Like, I'm sure it's a ton, but you won't see it because it's like Brian. So you'll never, yeah, yeah, you'll never know. Again, tangential. Um, I went to uh, college one of my freshman year, one of my first classes there. You know, you go around icebreaker, name everyone, and there was a kid in my class. His name was Delorean. Yes, named oh. after the car. <laughs> And back to the future. See? Yeah, that's what I'm talking I can't... Uh, I wish we had, like... Yeah, somebody named these named their kid Toretto for me. Like, as yeah. a first name. So <laughs> so that I can be excited when I meet this... Tor- or see him on, like, some reality TV show I'm watching in six years. Well, you would have to think about it. So, like, realistically, somebody could have named their baby that was born in, like, June 01 Toretto. They go see this movie. They're like, oh, my God. This is my favorite thing on the way to the hospital now we just stopped off at the movie theater so like there could be like a 20 year old kid named toretto but it's it's more dom than yeah. toretto that's what i'm saying but also like dom is not like i know i know people named dom in real life like i i don't that's what think, i mean you get yeah. washed out like you won't ever notice it i, I wish to think win. i've ever met a dom i know ever. one dom maybe more than one dom i mean i've met dominics but they don't call themselves like you know he's his name is dominic but he goes by dom i think so i think i don't know um so what's interesting heather i don't know if you looked at the behind the scenes but so chris morgan who wrote the first eight movies when this kind of fractured off and i don't want to say it like that like it was a bad but just how it happened chris morgan went here like he's not writing nine he wrote this one so like the it sounds like a fast and furious movie because he wrote the fast and furious movies Mm -hmm. but this is directed by david leach who kind of sort of co-directed john wick but then did Atomic Blonde and Deadpool 2. Yeah. So he's got a definitely visually slicker style. I think it owes to the Justin Lin of it all, but I think it is, it feels and looks different. I think you said, you mentioned before the editing, like it does feel different. And I think the same way that people who love the first three movies didn't love the switch to action, I can see why people be like, this isn't, this isn't what I signed up for. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this definitely had less of a heisty feel as some of the other ones are. Not to say the previous ones are like heist movies by any way, shape or form, but they definitely, this was way more about the more intimate inter-character relationships than it was about the macro shit going on it's a rock and jason statham buddy cop movie like it feels yeah more no like absolutely oh, honey, I, no you you absolutely nailed it yeah, yeah yeah like this is something that yeah it's set up similar in that someone shows up and says hey there's this big problem and we need you to put together a team to figure it out yes but this really isn't about putting together a team to figure it out it's about the team fucking hates each other yeah <laughs> and they're like 12 year old boys about it especially with mike Oxmall. Yes. This one definitely had more of those kind of jokes in this. Yeah. Like, I don't think we get those in Fast and the Furious. And I'd like, no, maybe not the ag- jokes. Because again, you know, this doesn't take itself as seriously. And that's a big exactly. part of it. Yeah. That's what I, I liked the font, the lev- like how light this was. 
So that's why I always think that this is so much fun, and I wish that they would bring some of that lightness into the Fast and the Furious. I don't think they could do it. There's too much, like, everything is about the end of the world, and, like, Dom is so serious. And, like, I don't think we can get that, and this was, like, a great way to be like, oh, okay, whew, we can breathe and just have fun with this movie again, and there's the stakes aren't, like, I mean... Well, no, 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 they're still saving the world. It I know, doesn't I know. Feel like they're saving the world. Yes, that's what I'm saying, yes. And also, it doesn't... like... They take the piss of it a little bit because, like, when Hobbs is talking to Shaw about, like, their credentials, he's like, I saved the world t- four times because I'm yeah. good at it. It's just like, it's like we know that we made the same movie four times in a row. Like, we're doing the same movie again here, but, like, we're aware of it, right? So. Yeah, exactly. It just doesn't feel – as much as they, they are the same stakes, it doesn't feel like it in this movie at all. Like, you're like, okay, like, you, they're they're obviously going to win. Oh, oh, another cool moment for me. Sorry. Uh, just thinking about it. When Idris Elba called himself the Black Superman, like yes. – <laughs> fucking badass (laughs) which it's so funny because i watched this you know the day after i watched the finale for um falcon winter soldier and they call him black captain america (laughs) no that's just captain america but the original line i'm black james bond and then they said we can't do that because he was supposed to be james bond and (laughs) there's such like a racist outcry or whatever that like they're like that's a little too close so let's call him black superman so he should be james bond i can't believe they fucked that up how did they not let it just be James Bond? He racism, like, man. It's racism. Yeah, I want so I want stupid. him as James Bond, and I want Haley Atwell as Lady Bond. I want that so bad. Dare to dream. I love that the actress that is playing Dwayne Johnson's daughter in this can also do the eyebrow thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I hope that was part of her audition. Well, so they recast her. I was wondering. I was wondering if it, if it was different than the original girl, but I was too lazy to look it up. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure they recast her between eight and this. Because I remember we left the theater and Rachel, Joe's wife, was like, so new Samantha. And Joe and I were like, wait, what? Like who? The, what? And she's like, yeah, it's a totally different girl. We're like, is it? Yeah, I didn't notice off the jump. But yeah, she was like, well... Yeah, it's a totally different girl. <laughs> she is able to portray this role in a same way that we've talked about with Young Rock, where it's like, have you watched any of Young Rock, Heather, or no? No, I haven't. The premise of that is that it's taking place like 10 years in the future, and he's running for president, and actually Dwayne Johnson, as Dwayne Johnson, is like giving interviews or whatever, and he flashes back to all these lessons he learned in his life. And there's three different eras. There's like elementary school, kind of high school, and college. All three of these actors playing Young Rock are amazing like they're all super handsome and super charming and just like these kids are going to be in everything for the next decade and it feels like the same thing here like whoever they got this girl sam eliana sua like she's amazing too sky's the limit she's super cute she's super charming she can do the eyebrow thing like what more do you need so basically what i'm learning is anyone of Samoan heritage is just like they're gods like they're (laughs) They're either a wrestler i mean you jason about like all of them they're just beautiful and talented and can do weird things with their eyebrows that i can't and makes me very jealous pacific islanders are just beautiful people and apparently also wildly talented like that's all like you know we already knew the former and now we know the latter yeah the new zealand all blacks right yeah just come on man in in American football, like the NFL, football, like they yeah. have like this crazy high succession rate, right? Like, <sighs> uh, I'm looking through the trivia right now, and it says Shane Black was considered to direct, and I would watch a Fast and Furious movie with him in a heartbeat. Well, that's why like Iron Man three is so goddamn good, is because it's a Shane Black movie. Yeah, but then it would have to be a Fast and Furious Christmas movie because every Which, single one of again, his movies <laughs> takes place totally on okay. Christmas. Totally. Oh awesome. no, I I I am for that. I I kind of want that. I think that would be very interesting uh last minute christmas shopping um yeah. i think would be 
Very good. I, I this okay. So hold on, hold on. What's the um? What's the Christmas movie where it's Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sinbad trying Jingle to get the, the toy? Way. Jingle all the way. I want that, but Fast and Furious <laughs> with The Rock as Arnold. Yes. And Kevin, I guess it have, it have to be Kevin Hart as Sinbad. It has yeah. to be Kevin Hart. Yeah. But like, I want that, and oh, then like, oh, 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 it's like oh, some oh. weird heist. And. <laughs> And Jason Statham as the Phil Hartman character. I mean, like, bless his heart, Phil Hartman cannot be replaced in anything. But, like, as the creepy next-door neighbor who, like, desperately wants to sleep with Arnold's wife, like, that's Statham's role in Heartbeat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then Vanessa Kirby as, is it, not Rita Wilson. Who plays the wife? I don't know. I couldn't tell you. But this, I, I oh, for Rita whatever Wilson. reason, hey, right. for whatever reason, I could really see Jingle All the Way, like, fitting into the Fast and Furious universe. I mean, I love any surprise Christmas. I, I rewatched In Bruges the other day, and oh, that was so a good. It's a Christmas movie. I mean, it's yes. not, but it takes place at Christmas, right? So yeah, I love In Bruges. Very good. I want an origin story for the Shaw family. I want. Yes. Here's actually a question for you. What did you think of the absence of Deckard Shaw? It was a. Uh, it was a little weird. Because they reference him, they don't like fully write him out. They like mention him. Yeah, Helen Mirren says his name once, and he's in one flashback in like the Keith Moon or the other, or the Mick Jagger, one of those. He's like in the background as a kid. For all intents and purposes, there's like a mystery third sibling we never knew about, which is fine. Yeah. But the other sibling that we do know about, who's been in multiple movies, is just not here. Because I remember the mentioning of of him, and that kind of took me out a little bit. In my head, I was just like, "Oh no, no, it's just the two of them." And then the and the the other brother. What's the other brother? Jonah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it it was it was weird to not have the whole all of them. But I kind of want I want that origin story. Let's get the Marvel DH. <laughs> Is there anything about this movie that you did not like? Anything that you were like, "Oh, that could have been better." Honestly, the only thing that like. I wasn't particularly in love with, but obviously didn't really affect my viewing of it was just it, you know, I could tell via the direction that this was made by, made by someone different. The storytelling felt a little bit different. Okay. And how it was edited and everything. And so, and and the buddy cop nature of it did take some adjusting to, but I didn't not like it because I knew that's kind of what this was going into it. So does that make you more enthusiastic about like seven and eight because they weren't made by justin lynn seven by james wan and eight by um f gary gray like the fact that that's a different director than the guy who's like the house director essentially like does that make you appreciate those anymore that they're able to feel the same way or is it just that this took a swing and didn't necessarily connect for you they're just different movies to me you know again it's this was a this was a buddy thing and i think too if i sat down like intentionally acknowledge this is going to be a buddy you know a buddy cop story then like it wouldn't have affected me as much not again not that it really super affected me but you know i'm coming in off of seven and eight and like okay this is how a fast and furious movie is made right you come in you have the macro and then it's let's put together this heist to take down this macro and there's occasionally going to be some hot girls and (laughs) subtle misogyny we do insane physics and win at the end of the day. And even when it comes to insane physics, like really the the only the big thing that like made me laugh was the helicopter car train yeah. stuff yeah. where I was just like, you know, they do it three times. And I'm like, okay, we get it. And then they bring out, you know, the fourth car. And I'm like, no, no, guys, we get it. You can stop. <laughs> but to your point and something that you liked before, and you already mentioned, they sell you 
that Idris Elba blocked a bullet with his hand. Yeah. Minute one. They're not trying to stay in the realm of, like, you're already like, okay, he's a cyborg. Like, that's where we start. Exactly. Also, when he shows up, they're like, who are you? He just says, bad guy. It's like, okay, I know what you Yes, (laughs) yes, exactly. I love that, too. I I still love that every time he's like, who are you? I'm the bad guy. Like, that's it. Like, he is so fucking suave, you know? know. Like, he could say the dumbest, dumbest thing, and it would just be, it would come off so cool. (laughs) Every time. This makes me want to rewatch Luther. Oh, or just like The Wire. Just like, are you taking notes on a criminal fucking conspiracy? (laughs) So good. Do you have any other thoughts about Hobbs and Shaw? No, I'm really glad Heather liked it, though. I I really like this movie. And now the more that I watch it, I'm like, yes, I fully with you. Like, give me 20 of these. Give me 20 of these. But but again, I want want an origin. I want to see, again, just to get more Idris Elba in this. The backstory, yeah. Yeah. We can even throw the rock in it, too. Like, absolutely. 100%. Give me that all day long. Helen Mirren can be the bad guy. I don't care. Yep. I want, you know, we can see the backstory. There is such a good movie in that where you see, you see Cypher in it too and you get more of that backstory in there. Owen can be involved. All of these things. It can be fantastic. I want it. Cool. You want to play a couple games? Yes. Sure. So first up, this Ain't No 10 Second Race, a.k.a. Boy Do We, have a podcast for you. This is where we go on Twitter.com, a.k.a. The Bird App. We find any tweet from anyone who has been tweeting probably about these movies and see if they would like it. And we would respond to them with some kind of customized version of, boy, do we have a podcast for you. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Come and check out our show. Yeah, yeah. So last episode, I will review these. And I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but Heather, get excited. So I found first, though Bennett... Bennett Campbell Ferguson. I finished watching the Fast and Furious films. Here's my ranking. P.S. I've decided Han and Giselle are my favorite characters. And then Bennett lists his nine movies. Hobbs and Shaw, for the record, number eight. So, sorry, Bennett. You are incorrect there. Great rankings. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Gotta like, but from Wells Lamont. Does not count. Swing and a miss. Joe, you found Chantelle LaBelle at Geminis Gemini. I love Fast and Furious because I'm constantly amazed by the spectacle of it. In F8 of the Furious, I broke into hysterics when they protected Vin Diesel from the explosion. It was just so dumb and cool. (laughs) You said, as a fellow Gemini, we agree. They are dumb and very cool. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Nothing. (laughs) Heather, you found Riley at Ham Robber great name enjoying my sunday morning coffee outside in the porch and thinking about jason statham fighting his way off a spy plane while holding a baby in the fate of the furious wondering if i'll ever think about anything other than fast and furious movies ever again <laughs> we said you can't beat statham in a baby boy do we have a podcast for you and heather you were on the board ham <gasps> robert liked the tweet one <gasps> point Beautiful. i did it takes a while sometimes now you might get hot you're coming in at the, at the right time right for the playoffs you know, we got a penalty kill. You know, it's you know, some, yeah. some people call it garbage minutes that it's toward the end of the game. It's a blowout right now. But you're on the board, Heather. You're on the board. All right. Joe, did you find a tweet yet? I did. I'm doing a little bit different. Normally, like, I could only think about what we do at the time. But um, considering we just did Spy Racers yesterday, I'm okay. going to go with, oh, I can't. It's it's a name that's very hard to pronounce. But yes. the at is at Naija underscore Hokage? It's probably Ishukwu. Ishukwu. That's, yeah, that's probably right. The tweet is, I honestly hope Fast and Furious Spy Racers gets a live-action reboot with real teenagers. All four seasons have been solid. Though season three was a little shaky, Mexico makes up for it. 
and boy, do we have a podcast for you. Do you want to customize or you want to just send that? We are big fans of Spy Racers 2, and we talked about it on our show. Or what, something along those lines. Like, we're big fans of Spy Racers 2. We're big fans of Spy Racers 2. We just talked about the newest season. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Be perfect. Yep. Heather, can you want to you read yours? Sure. Um, mine is The Third and a Chain, but we're just responding to The Third. Um, okay. By Morgan Hendricks at Loud Tall Blonde. Can relate, Morgan. Um, <laughs> she says, but... I'm now realizing we still have Hobbs and Shaw after this, and I'm re-thrilled again. This jail fight scene is everything. So she's watching through Fate of the Furious and was and was tweeting about all of it. But I would just like to respond that... Oh, and I like that she spelled uh, Hobbs like I did, like Calvin and Hobbs, which is... That's the only what Joe did forever, too. And which yeah. is fine, but like when, when it's on the official brand Twitter, I'm like, dude, you got to know how to spell these movies. Like... <laughs> That is pretty You get funny. some leeway, but, like, we can't call it Calvin and Hobbes. And, they, you know, there's a lot of Calvin and Hobbes and Shaw art, which is yeah. just wonderful. You're something something along the lines of, like, you're in for a treat with Hobbes and Shaw. How do you want to judge that up? Just you wait. It only gets better. Just you wait. It only gets better. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Yes. So I found Kaushik Carforma, hashtag BLM, responding to Kieran at Hair Everywhere. And Kieran says, Luke Shaw is greater than Messi. And, like, uh, like Lionel Messi? Mm-hmm. Okay. And so Kaushik says, actually, it's Luke Shaw is greater than Deckard Shaw is greater than Messi. Haven't included <laughs> Hattie as she's in a different class altogether. Speaking of the Shaws, any word in the Hobbs and Shaw sequel? Hope it's happening. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to oh say, gosh. great news. Hobbs and Shaw 2 has been greenlit. We can't wait for it either. We love Hattie too. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Perfect. We did some good. Those are good responses to good tweets too. So, like, we better get some fucking points this time. <laughs> That's all I have to say about that. Like, yeah. we picked some fucking real winners, three of us, across the board, I think. I appreciate your enthusiasm. I'm trying to get hyped for it, because... Uh, I like it. <laughs> well, we have a notification already that Heather's reply got a like, but from Heather Antos. <laughs> Can you believe that a verified account liked our tweet? Like, that's so cool. It's it's like when you put a dollar in the tip cup. Like, that's what she yeah. did. Just, like, to get it started. She's like, it's not scary here. You can do one of these. Yeah. I'm an official Twitter. Uh, look at the blue check mark. My tweets are officially tweets. Yeah. Honestly, the worst thing that could ever happen to anyone is get a fucking blue check mark on Twitter. I feel like that just means that people try... Well, you're a woman, too. But I was going to say, I feel like that yeah. means people try to explain stuff to you more. But I don't oh, know well, which one it is. Oh, well, anything you say doesn't count because you have a blue check mark. That's what I've learned. Why? Because you're, like, part of the Illuminati? The Twitter I, Illuminati? I don't know. I don't. <laughs> but one of the perks that comes with a blue check mark is I can turn off all notifications for literally <laughs> anyone. That's awesome. So that's one of the best things is where I can just be like, oh, you don't follow me. Therefore, I literally do not see your tweets. <laughs> All right. The final game to play is, dude, what's my car? Dude, what? My car. What? Your car, dude. Wes asked us recently, he's like, do you have any more car pictures? And I was like, yeah, we got like a dozen. We got half a dozen. Uh, almost all of them from Jerry. Uh, we got one more from Hector. Unless we did this. Did we do this one last week? We did not do this one last week. Okay, so we got one from Hector. We got a bunch from Jerry. So I like to alternate Jerry and not Jerry. Yeah. So if you're out there, you want to send in a car picture for us to get Joe to guess. This is the last time Heather's going to be doing this with Ooh. us. We're going to have new guests next lap play this game, and we don't know if it's going to be, you know, we don't know how it's going to go, but, like, I, I I have loved having someone on my team who not only is into it, but, like, does research, just 
It's it's a different experience. She's good vocabulary to shoulder for the load. it too. Thank you, thank you. And good like puns and like like hints that don't even need to be involved with cars. So yeah, I appreciate it. I'd like Tether as a fellow oh, co-host you so for you here. And like when we tried to get you to guess the moon thing or whatever, and you were like, yeah. I don't know, sun. Like not really the other thing in the sky. You're like, I don't know, galaxy. It's like, oh man, what are we doing here? We tried so hard. All right. So this car picture comes to us from Jerry Robinson. Subject line, second car pick of 2021, sent on January 12th of this year. Okay. says, I'm on a roll right now. This is an Italian car from 1965, and it is white, and it has a red racing red racing stripe on the side. Yes. Two-door, little thing. Little thing. Little. Little thing. It's very cute, one might say. And that one would be me. I will tell you, I don't know if this is going to help you, Joe, but the Google, the Gmail suggested auto replies are very nice, nice, and wow. <laughs> that helps. That helps. <laughs> you know, I agree with those. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so this particular car that we are looking at in the pictures. White with a red stripe. Small. Yes. And you said cute. I'm going to yeah, guess it's... just from the cute and small. Is it an alpha? Nope. No. It's smaller and cuter than Alphas. It it's a Fiat. A, it's a Fiat. It's a, but, okay. it's, it's a kind of Fiat. Yep. It's a variant of, I think, a kind of common Fiat. I think that's what I'm I'm getting from this wiki article. Is it a 500 and is it a Barth? Yes. It is a 1965 wow. Fiat Abarth. Nice. Wow. That was even, good. That felt good me. to hit one. No, that <laughs> felt good to hit one. Is that the cutest Italian car? I mean, it's small and cute. They're they're supposedly really fun. My one friend has one that he fucking loves, and he drives the shit out of it, and is like constantly whipping this thing around. I think it will be a blast. I've never driven one. I would love to. This is so cute. Yeah. It That's also does feel like cute. you could flip this car, roll this car very easily, I would imagine. This isn't something that I would trust on the highways. Like, he has one in Florida. That that terrifies me to begin with because they're bad too. But, like, the highways in, like, New York, Connecticut, New Jersey, like, I'm like, God, drivers are so fucking terrifying. Like, having a small mm-hmm. car like this, like, I'm just going to get run over. But, yes, it is very cute. That reminds me, I sent Joe a TikTok of, there's this YouTube thing called Two Point. Hold on, what's it called? 2.2 Turbo. I just came across this thing on TikTok, and I found they have a whole YouTube channel. But they have this old, like, 91 Honda Civic. Not that's not a Civic. What is the car, Joe? Do you know? Was it a Prelude, it's a, or was it's it It's an Accord. It's a 94 Accord. Accord. Okay. It just looks like a shitty, dumpy car. They did nothing to it. It has, like, stickers on. Like, he, like, glued things on he it. He glued a student driver thing to the back, and yep. he put, like... Uh, shitty, like, fake spoilers on the side. And then it's got this, like, crazy racer engine underneath. <laughs> yeah. And so all these videos, like, now he's getting notoriety, I guess, like, around, because I think he films this in Mexico, so, like, I don't know how many people are actually, like, like, they probably know what it is. Yeah. But, like, he would just, like, like other cars would blow up next to him, and, like, he would, I guess, you know, step on the gas or whatever and, like, just smoke these cars. And so <laughs> oh it's, just, it's very funny. There's this really great one that many of my friends watch that this guy has, like, a Honda Odyssey that has, like, a 1,000 horsepower. Oh my God. And it'll just be, like, him, like, gapping fucking Lamborghinis in, like, this Honda Odyssey. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, he just, like, blows by them. And it's, it's, it's awesome. What's crazy is that, remember Vin's birthday last year? He got, like, a 1,700 horsepower car. It's like, why do you, why? Oh like, that's great. That's insane. That for? I don't know. Vin Diesel, I guess. Yeah. Fucking men and their egos. That's all I have to say. The difference between like getting a car, like a Bugatti, and you're like, oh, it has, it can do zero to 60 in two seconds or whatever, right? And then like having like 
a shitty Honda that you don't paint and just being like, no, but it's actually really fast, you know? Like, I think... So I, actually, yes, this is a good thing. Remember, Joe, at the beginning of the year, maybe last year, Hector emailed us, he's just like, feeling kind of adrift, I don't know what to do, I need something to do, and we're like, hey, man, build a car. And, like, even if you can't buy a car, build it part by part, just know all the things. Yeah, you can do like, whatever, yeah. Find Junkyard. a shitty car like this. Like, go get a $500 car and then, like, put, like, a $10,000 engine or whatever. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I know these things cost, but, like, you could do like this. Just, like, start, like, you can make anything into anything. And I think this is, it's not only cool, it's very funny. I love the aesthetic. Yeah, there's something that always tickles me about, like, vans that are really fast and, like, really shitty looking cars that are really, because, like, if a car, like, looks fast, like, that's cool, but, like, if you just pulled up next to like the, the like the Ferrari pal, like that whole scene, it gets you every time, right? Because he's like, oh, he just has like a shitty fucking Supra, and you're like, nope, but it will smoke the doors off you. So is that why people do the Civic? Because the Civic is so common that it's just like whatever, and then like it's just also infinitely tunable. The Civic had a lot of um, aftermarket parts available for it at the time. Gotcha. Okay. Civics were cheap, and people kept buying. It's like the market, right? It's like people were buying Civics because they were cheap. Aftermarket like racing parts companies started making parts for Civics because. Every Everybody had Civics, and so like then more people were buying Civics because they had all these parts, for, and then you, like that's how it became a thing. I saw a Civic today that had classic plates on it. That was like a Fast and the Furious era Civic in Connecticut. Like as I was driving home from work today, and I was like, "Holy fuck!" Like that car is probably 25 years old now. Well, Heather, thank you so much for joining us once again and for completing not the lap but all nine movies. You've done it. I did it, and I would only do it for you. We appreciate well, it. Thank you so very much. So for next time, in two weeks for our real lap recap, you have a okay. little bit of homework. See, what you need to do is you need to watch the first trailer, okay. which I think is like three minutes and 50 seconds for F9. Can you do me a favor? I will link you to the trailer. Yes, link me to the correct one. The white one, because there's, yeah, because there's. Yeah, I want to make sure I watch the right one. Yeah. We will do that. The other thing, well, from this episode, you gave yourself homework. You need to come ready with your, I'm going to ask the right question. Okay, okay. Who your favorite (laughs) character is. So keep that in mind. I mean, you know. I know, I know, but I still want to know. Okay. And the other thing, which I also know largely how it's going to look rank the nine movies okay and if you want to you don't have to but if you want to fit in the two short films too you can i don't keep track of those really but if you want to put those in you can if you even remember that you watch them you might not remember that you watch those two short films i remember one of them or maybe they blended into the same movie in my there's the six minute <laughs> silent wordless brian drives across the that's country. right the music video wannabe one yes that's and then right. there's the one where dom Letty, and yeah. Diesel directed the soft it. Yes. car porn yeah yes <laughs> you can't tell me it's not joe it's like the intro to one i mean we don't ever get there but it it definitely gets starts out you can you can make an argument that it, that's how it would start okay yes. so but next week joe before we close out this lap Yeah, because after the tune-up, we're going to go right into nine. Like, there's no pit stop after the tune-up, so that's just a bing, bang, boom. So we're going to close out next week. We have our final pit stop movies, and we got movies plural. Mm. We've been hinting at it all lap long. If you don't know what's coming in, paying attention. Yeah. Not you, but like... (laughs) Well, I didn't know either, but once you... We've been working towards one goal, right? Yes. I mean, you should be able to figure it out. Next week on Tuesday, we are talking about Kill Bill Volume 1. And then on Friday, bonus episode for everyone, not just the patrons. No intro, just the movie discussion, but about Kill Bill Volume 2. So next week, a double dose of Kill Bill Volume 1, Volume 2, kind of the masterclass 
sort of like, where did he get all those cool toys? That we've right? been, yeah, that we've been watching through all all lap, anyways. Yep. So like we did with the classic car lap, where we did, oh, Death Proof steals from this movie and this movie and this movie and references this and this and this. Like we watched Lady Snowblood for this. We watched Lone Wolf and Cub for that. Like yep. Kill Bill. We are doing two movies next week: Tuesday, Kill Bill one. Friday, Kill Bill 2, right here on the main feed and YouTube and wherever you listen to podcasts. And of course, if you want to listen to those early, TooFastTooForever.com for early access, because we got available now. We have our Mike Manzi Third Time to Charm episode about Lone Wolf and Cub, Baby yeah. Cart to Hades, or whatever it's called. And Their then so soon, wacky. we have a bonus episode on Patreon, Lone Wolf and Cub, Baby Cart in Peril. So lots of stuff. But Kill Bill 1 and 2 next week. And then in two weeks, Heather is back for the Tune-Up Relab recap. I can't wait. Very, very exciting. Because I, I want to know her rankings. I don't know what her favorite movie was. We don't. We don't. I mean, you know, though. No yeah. idea. <laughs> no idea. It's one of the nine. So the Bilkins factor has to come into play. Oh. Like, where the two Bilkins movies are probably higher than the other movies. I don't know. I don't think you were fans of those movies, but you're a fan of Bilkins. And, like, can you put Bilkins in last place? I don't know. Yeah, you going to do Bilkins dirty like that? We're going to find out in two weeks on the tune-up <laughs> relap recap. But, Heather, what do you want to plug? You are at a new gig now. You've announced on Twitter. Anything yeah. you want to plug for the new place? Yeah. So, uh, for those of you who don't follow me on Twitter, I am no longer at Valiant. I have accepted a position with IDW Publishing, where I am editing all of their Star Wars and Marvel middle grade comics. Um. Um, which is super fun and my career has now gone full circle which i love so definitely check out all things idw uh star wars marvel um teenage mutant ninja turtles my little pony sonic transformers all sorts of good stuff I cannot forget my books at Valiant um, today, the day we are recording the Shadow Man number one, which I've talked about plenty on this podcast, Mm -hmm. uh, did just drop in stores today. So it's definitely available by the time you are listening to this. So please, please, please do go pick it up. Um, It's very, very good. Cool. Well, thank you so, so, so very much. And you'll be back at least one more time in the next lap when we got to have you on for F9. But we'll get to that when we get to that down the road. But for all things Too Fast, Too Forever, you go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash Too Fast, Too Forever, or at Too Fast, Too Forever on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, family at cageclub.me. Check out our Patreon page at TooFast2Forever.com and our store, TooFast2Forever.shop. Come back next week for a double dose of Kill Bill Volumes 1 and 2. And then in two weeks, Heather will be back one more time for now to talk about the Relap Recap tune-up for Lap 8, her rankings, her favorite character, and her reactions to the F9 trailer. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe, too. And that was Heather Antos, and we'll tell you all about it. We see you.